I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Zoe is a social worker in Toronto who works primarily with individuals struggling with eating disorders, particularly binge eating disorder. It wasn't until her graduate school that she learned that her food issues actually had a name. For many years, she saw previous struggles with binge eating disorder as something that would hold her back professionally and would cause people to not believe in her. She's recently come to see that she couldn't have been more wrong and that by sharing her story, she's been able to help not only motivate people towards full recovery, but also help many people come out of the woodwork and get the support that they deserve. So excited to be here with Zoe Klein, who is returning. We did a episode together I think it might have been six or eight months or so ago, and uh, I'm really happy to uh, share Zoe's then and now progress, which has been exceptional. She is uh, expecting a child next month. She's done amazing work, and she's here to to share the story. So you want to hop in and talk to us about um, how you've hit 13K months and maybe a little bit of the details of how you've gotten there, which is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. So first of all, I'm really grateful to the Dietitian Boss Program and for the fact that uh, you all accept people that are not dietitians because the information that I've learned in terms of the importance of packages, how to make sales calls, and ultimately how to get past yourself has really helped me help clients and also helped me increase my overall sales and the strength of my business. That's incredible. So thank you for sharing that. I've loved having you. You've been an incredible addition. So walk through, if you were to give some details and packages is definitely part of it. How were you, if you're comfortable sharing where you were at roughly before hitting 13K months, how did you get there specifically? Was that your goal for people who think that that's out of reach? What would you say to them or explain your process a little more in detail? I would say nothing's out of reach. When I started working with you, Libby, I think it was the beginning of 2019. I was about, you know, eight or nine K, which I was really happy with, but I knew I could do better. I knew I wanted to do better for the people I worked with. And I learned a lot of important things in terms of honing in on your niche, understanding what the market is offering in your niche and looking at what makes sense for you. And what I learned is it's so important to not try to be somebody else. I used to get so caught up in these accounts of so-and-so does this and so-and-so does this and what's wrong with me. And you really have to be your own person and your own professional. And I think once I was able to do that and hone my own voice, my packages got better. My sales calls got better because I was a lot more clear on what I was offering as Zoe and not what I was offering and how I was trying to compare with other people. I was looking specifically at the unique advantages of working with me. And that sounds like the path that I strongly recommend, but that is way easier said than done. Oh yeah. You want to give some, either uh, share some reflections of that process or give some uh, tactical advice for the listeners 
because this is a huge problem of us getting in our own way. Yeah, I think we all get in our own way. I think I got in my own way. I very early on after graduating my master's degree, you know, I sort of tried to do an Instagram and then I thought, you know, Instagram isn't for people who look like me. Instagram is for people who look like her over there. And I think the minute that you say that, you are closing yourself off, but also other you're not giving other people the opportunity to get to know you and why you're a good fit. And I think that it's so important to really ask yourself, why have I decided that this is wrong for me? And how is that serving me right now? Because it's not just about the sales calls. It's not just about business skill. It's also about getting out of your own path and seeing I am worth the opportunity to help people. And that was a process I had to undertake after I graduated in 2019, when I started to really focus on what does it mean to be a business owner and what does it mean to do this? And, you know, even still, right, we all have to say, am I getting in my own way here? Have I decided that this isn't right for me? And I think that that's a hard process to go through by yourself. I think a business coach is really important there because not only can they provide you with the really tactical set of skills, but they can also help you say, why have you decided that you're not doing this? Right. So that's really important. And that's a big thing I think I want to share with listeners. Yeah. I appreciate you reflecting on that. You've done incredible work and I love that you're yeah. very vulnerable and open about your concerns with starting in and then your journey. And in the moment, it feels like forever for us to get more clear. But when you look back, you got started. And even if it maybe didn't exactly happen the way you wanted it to, or as fast as you had wanted or anticipated, you went from 8K to 13K months in under a year. And you switched your your services to something more profitable that can be beneficial mutually, both for the bottom line of your business, meaning revenue, and for the client, right? Yeah. And I think one of the ways that really helped me do this is not only being more clear about my offers and retention strategies, like reevaluating goals and involving clients more in the process, but I think being more transparent about who I am as a person and what I was doing. Like, I find that a lot of like my peers and myself were taught to be really like closed off. We're taught to be very much like blank slates, but people don't really relate to you. And it was very interesting as I started to be more like open, what would happen? Like I was like, you know, in the summer and the fall, I talked about how I had been to a fertility clinic earlier in the year and like the importance of destigmatizing that kind of care and like how that fits into body image. And I actually got a lot of really positive responses from that, from people. And you know, you don't necessarily draw that conclusion when you look at my work because it centers around eating disorders. But if we look at body respect, anyone having trouble getting pregnant is probably feeling some type of way about that, right? So being able to look at how can I use my own experiences to open up conversations that are ultimately going to help people in my business. And thank you for sharing that specific example. What helped you do that? Because it's easy to say that, but so many of us are still hiding behind a wall. And and I also appreciate you sharing that you're taught in school as a social worker to be a blank slate. And that's the opposite of what can help you relate with your, your audience. Well, I think with that specific example, I was really, you know, I had a lot of feelings about having to, you know, see this type of doctor and blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, you know, I work with women and, 
women aren't one dimensional, right? It's not just about, okay, let's have a positive relationship with food, but it's how do we respect our bodies when they might not be doing what we want them to do, when they might not look the way we want them to, when they might not act the way we want them to. And I think eating disorders and feminism and all the things that are important in my practice is not a one dimensional conversation. And being able to use your own experiences to help others and and for that to be an effective use of self, I think is very important, right? Because what I could do is use that conversation to say, you know, loving ourselves or our bodies is not just that easy. And especially when there's certain things that aren't working the way we want them to. All of that is true. And when you say that women are not one dimensional and there's a lot of other issues at play here, what helped you get to the point where you were able to actually be more vulnerable and share that? Like what tactically helped you get to the point where you feel comfortable being yourself? I think it's like, it's one of these things where it's like, if you can't do it, do it scared. And I know it sometimes it sounds very, it almost sounds defeatist because everyone's like, oh, it's not that easy. And I totally get that. But I think I had to get to the point where I was like, okay, you know, I'm moving along here. It's not that I'm not making an income. It's not that I'm not helping people, but you know, if I want to be more successful, if I want to help more people, if I want to be able to be like these people I admire, then what can I do to open conversations? What can I do to break barriers? Because I think we have social media as a tool now in such a wonderful way where we can talk about things that people hid behind for so many years and really help increase the quality of healthcare that we're able to provide. I love that. I feel like I'm going to put that on on my social media as a post. That's really profound. And um, I'm so happy we're here talking about this today. This is great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When it comes to packages, talk us through how switching to packages, which I recommend, uh, helped you uh, increase both profitability in your in your business and then help your clients get results and feel supported, which is part of the retention strategy, meaning keeping people for longer, given that they, they need help from your service. So I found a huge improvement when I started offering monthly packages because we would set goals for the month. We would have a very organized structure of the third session. We evaluate how things are going. And we evaluate the homework, the, you know, the session stuff that we've done, the support that they've been able to get. And we look at what have we accomplished and what can we still accomplish? And for my clients to have that predictable structure, I think that helped them feel more comfortable, that helped them understand what they could expect, and it helped them goal set. So differently than single sessions, which can kind of just continue into oblivion, the very obvious structure, I think, works for a lot of people because what I've seen with my clients is they're very happy to invest in somebody who is providing them with predictability, goals, you know, a sense of transparency in terms of what that looks like and ability for them to comment on that. And that can be harder in the single session model when you're sort of just going and going and going and then they randomly stop, right? And you don't have that chance to check in with your client and have them assess your work as a provider. And I love where you're coming from on the service side. Yes, it's it's much better to have the packages for, for them and for the trust, but let's not forget about your bottom line. So when you're selling packages, you can predict your revenue to- Absolutely. Yeah, and, Absolutely. So then it, and also builds your confidence. So come the third session that you have with them, as you said, in your modeling system, you have a, a predictable way to check in and, and give service to them 
to check in with yourself and see how things are going. And then to also make sure that you're keeping your finances in order. Cause we're in totally, totally, we gotta, we gotta make our ends meet as well. So what has motivated you kind of same question as going from 8k to 13k months, what motivated you to, to pull the trigger with packages? Cause it can often feel easier to sell those one-off sessions or even a bundle but then, as we've mentioned, there's a lot of negatives with doing that. And then you're really doing a disservice to your clients. Unless, if, of course, if you sell a couple sections here and there to get started, as long as you move out of it, it might not be as disastrous. But I'm not a fan of offering single sessions long term. No, no. It, it was really hard because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of people who don't do this and they speak out against it. And from what I understand of like other Canadian social workers, this is not really offered. So I was sort of going off the beaten path, but when I was looking at my revenue and I was looking at what was I losing each week when people were canceling within, you know, the reasonable window on my contract, what were people losing in terms of like their own ability to benefit? Like I'd see clients for three, four or five months and we would deal with an issue and sort of beat it to death. And then they'd be like, okay, bye. Right. And like, I realized there was a huge gap in what I was doing too. That's really profound. What helped you reflect on those skills specifically? If you were to to comment on anything? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a client I was working with and she was doing an excellent job and she was on the single session model. And one day for lack of a better term, she just ghosted and I don't necessarily blame her for that. Like I looked back on what we were doing together and I realized I wasn't doing a really good job in terms of having checkpoints to assess, you know, have we accomplished what we wanted to hear? What else do you need? What is the next part of the year look like for you? What are your concerns? And after seeing that happen, I started to think about my own models differently. And I decided that, any new referrals, I would offer packages. And when I would explain the benefits of it, people were interested and it just kept going from there. So I I love that story. I remember talking with you about packages a while back and you said, and again, back at the, the Canadian thing that you were kind of going against the grain, so to speak, where you felt like it wasn't happening a lot in Canada or among other social workers. So yep. it is allowed. Is that correct? Like you, you're legally allowed to offer packages. Absolutely. You, you are legally allowed. There's no, the Ontario, like from, from anything I've read, the Ontario college does not prohibit that in any way. Right. There's no legal recourse for doing so. I just think that most therapists offer the single session model because that's just what they've been taught. Right. So when you had your concerns about switching from single session to packages, if I'm understanding this correctly, you saw that your colleagues were not mostly doing it. It wasn't necessarily illegal or prohibited by the College of Ontario, which is and for Canadians. You got to check with that and make sure that you're being, you know, you're checking with us, et cetera. Very, very um, important. When we had conversations. You saw that it was, it made sense, but it was hard to pull the trigger until you had an experience where somebody had left the model of the single session and you realized you were doing a disservice by not having that comprehensive conversation and model for the client and you to mutually benefit and kind of create that environment for them to really blossom. Yeah. And it was, it was a real lesson to me just because I think clients stop coming when you start providing value. Sometimes it's finances or life or anything like that. And like, I'm not suggesting anyone should ever blame themselves if someone leaves because there's a variety of reasons. You know, they, 
they may have just gotten what they needed to and that's great and that's a success on your part but I think for this person it was very much okay I have what I need I don't know if I want to have the same repetitive conversation next week and you know she felt like she had to cut herself off from that and so now that you've reflected on that and taken a deeper look at how you can offer something mutually beneficial how do you feel? Do you feel more confident with this package model in addition to making more revenue? Like what's talking about the service end? How I ever did single sessions in the first place. I love it. It's great. (laughs) Like it works really well. My clients are happy. They know what to expect. And I'm happy because like my revenue for the past, I would say a few months has been consistently, you know, like in and around 13K. And I'm really grateful for that. I'd love to make it to 15K. That's definitely my next goal. And I'd love to make sure that I'm continuing to improve my services to get to that point. But I've noticed a lot more consistency and less stress, particularly when there's a baby coming and you want to be able to say, what exactly are my finances? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and I uh, appreciate that you're sharing about you know, what you have going on in your life as well about as a you know, mom expecting to deliver within a month. So we've talked about you progressing from 8K to you know, 13K months, shifting your model to packages. You've shared the experience with that you knew it made sense and you pulled the trigger, so to speak, once you had an experience that showed you you needed to make that change. You talked about overcoming some comparison with social media. What about your sales skills? If you could talk a little bit about how you've improved your ability to have a conversation with sales and how that's helped you increase your revenue in addition to the package, meaning the business model shift. I went back and I looked at the way that I was explaining my programs and I used more language around how can we get you from A to B, right? As opposed to just, yeah, okay, this is a good thing to do. And I thought that like that was really helpful. Talking in more detail about goal setting anticipating objections, you know, at the beginning, especially in the coronavirus, people understandably really want to make sure that their money is going to the right place. And I took a look at how can I really help people know that they can trust that I'm going to take care of them in this month and that they are going to see a noticeable, tangible change. Absolutely. And was there anything, anything else with sales calls that you think was specifically helpful outside of what you shared? Any kind of like practicing or experiences that you want to reflect on? Yeah. I think practicing what you have to say is like, you know, I would do silly things like practice in front of a mirror or, you know, sometimes like I encourage clients to do this in different capacities, but I did this myself. You pick up a cell phone, pretend you're talking to someone like, explain who you are and what you do and why this is valuable to them. And I think practice is just a really good thing because you get to hear yourself talk and you get to hear yourself say like, okay, is this what I you know, want to be doing? Is this like how I want to sound? And am I describing things that are, am I describing my program in a way that's like in line with what I'm offering, my values, all those good things? Absolutely. And I want to wrap with talking about benefits from the program, because I know we started with individual coaching and then you went to my group model. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of being in a group program, why you think that's helpful, what you learned from the experience, et cetera? Yeah, the benefits of being in a group program are huge. I had the opportunity to connect with dietitians all over the world with similar niches. I still talk to many of them to this day. They're great people, wonderful women. 
we refer to each other. And I think just being able to have a network of support and people who care about what you do, what you're doing and you having the ability to care about what they're doing and really building that supportive community. I find at least here in Toronto, as a sole proprietor, you end up sort of existing on your own island and you don't get that sociability. You don't get that community or that camaraderie. And I think that's a huge part of your program. Absolutely. And that's really, really helpful. In addition to that, was there any other takeaways as far as honing in on social media audience or voice or anything with the program or sales or packages or anything like that, that you think was a main takeaway? Or would you just say that the support was kind of the main thing? Well, I think being able to see what your peers are doing is really good. Like I learned a lot from a lot of the other professionals in the program, like Samara from PCOS nutritionist and prenatal dietitian and Maya and many other people. You know, you connected me to Alessandra, who I think is fabulous, and being able to see what they're doing, how they set up their businesses, and like what they're offering and how you can offer things that are complementary, how you can see what works for somebody else, and what you can learn about communities that other people are building for themselves without falling into the comparison trap. Absolutely. Yeah. Any final thoughts that you want to share today, Zoe? I would say anybody who wants to make a private practice can and should and invest in the right coaches, invest in the right things for yourself, but also be prepared to do the emotional work of looking at yourself as a person and a provider and getting out of your own way. All right. And if you were to say, what, what's the number one thing you got out of the Dietitian Boss program, Zoe, what would you say? I would say really, in addition to all of the knowledge, like about like the you know, back-end business practices is confidence, is honing my own voice, being myself as a professional and seeing that the right people respond to that. And I think that's really great. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.